reading the entire chapter, which is chapter 2 that we are on in the first epistle of John. First John chapter 2. My little children, these things I write unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And hereby we do know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also to walk, even as he walked. Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment which ye had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which ye have heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past, and the true light now shineth. He that saith he is in the light, and hateth his brother, is in darkness, even until now. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness, and walketh in darkness, and knoweth not whither he goeth, because that darkness has blinded his eyes. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because ye have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because ye have known the Father. I have written unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because ye are strong, and the word of God abideth in you, and ye have overcome the wicked one. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passes away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Little children, it is the last time. And as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now there are many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out, that they might be made manifest, that they were not all of us. But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. I have not written unto you because ye know not the truth, but because ye know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father, but he that acknowledges the Son hath the Father also. Let that therefore abide in you which ye have heard from the beginning. If that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, ye also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he has promised us, even eternal life. These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, and you need not that any man teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence, and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If ye know that he is righteous, ye know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. 
thus far the reading of God's Word. We'll look particularly at at, uh, the sixth verse. Uh, We... He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also to walk even as he walked. He that saith he abideth in him also himself ought to walk even as he walked. Essentially what that says, it's union with Christ that makes us Christians. Union with Christ is what makes us Christians. Uh, We have to be in him there there are two parts to that he that says he abides in him also to walk even as he walked which means live out your life so you can say that you abide in him but if you don't live it you're not in Christ you're basically you're not a christian as verse 4 says he he that says i know him and keeps not his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him and so that's an expansion of uh, of, the, of that same same subject in verse 6 that we looked to last week uh, we are joined to Christ uh, turn to the gospel of john please chapter 15 should be very familiar words to you. In John's Gospel, chapter 15, verse 1, Christ says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. You know what that means, the one who takes care of the, uh, the, the garden. I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. So we are joined to him as the branch is joined to the vine. Now think about that mental picture. A vine can't live, a branch can't live, rather, without being attached to the vine, because that's where it gets its nutrients. If you cut off a branch from a vine or a branch from a tree, it's going to die, because it's not getting the nutrients that the, the plant, by being attached to the plant anymore. Well, Christ gives us the nutrients, gives us our life, and if we're cut off from him, we won't spiritually live, we'll spiritually die. That's why people who aren't in Christ are, are talked about in the Bible as being dead. Now they might walk around and talk and look like they're they're you know they're physically alive, but most where it's really important spiritually they're dead. They're just like branches that have been cut off from a vine. They're good for nothing. They just to be burned up is is what what happens. Is they're just garden trash is what it what it amounts to is the, is the uh, comparison here. So. All the sap of our spiritual life flows from Christ into us. And if we were to be separated from him, we'd 
again, only we're only fit for the fire. It's, it's not my idea. Christ says it in verse 6. Uh, if a man abide not in me, he is cast forth of the branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they're burned. I was working in the garden the other day, uh, getting up all the winter trash and getting the garden ready for the spring. Uh, and there's a lot of stuff that I cut off over, uh, you know, last fall, and and uh, some of it was still left on the ground. And well, what happened to it? It's all withered and dead. Uh, well, what do I do with it? I rake it all up, and then uh, someday when it rains, we'll have a, we'll have a fire. Uh, so we are nothing apart from Him. Or think of it as this: think of your finger. You know, what what good would your finger be? If it were cut, cut off, if they were cut off from your hand, I mean, other than being very painful, what what good would your fingers do? They wouldn't be any good. Uh, you need your you need your hand to make your fingers operate. Uh, so sh- we are nothing without Jesus Christ. Uh, he even said, "Without me, you can do nothing." Well, you can say, "Well, unbelievers can do mathematics, and they can." do all sorts of other things. What did Christ mean when he said, without me you can do nothing? He meant you can't do anything of significance. Driving a car, doing mathematics, whatever it is, uh, you can't, unbelievers can't do anything to the glory of God. And we should, what does scripture say? We should do everything to the glory of God. So in God's eyes, when unbelievers do anything, it is of no significance. Uh, It's only through Christ uh, that God can be glorified. So, If we say that we are people that abide in him, going back to our uh, our, uh, verses in uh, 1 John, if we are people and we say, well, we abide in him, then the obligation here, it says, well, walk even as he walked. Uh, If we say it, we have to do it. If we talk, we have to walk. We have to live that way. Uh, We have to prove it by our practicing. You know, the old saying is, if you were arrested for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? We have to always watch over our life to make sure that we are conformed to Christ. Uh, We're not truly in Christ unless, it says in Acts 17, in Him we live and move and have our being. And the life of Christ is lived by us day by day, moment to moment. It's a moment to moment living in Christ. And the only way to live in Christ is to know, see, Christ is called the Word of God. Well, here we have the Word of God. So to know, to be able to live in Christ, we have to know this Word. His Word has to be in us. And we can't say, well, I don't, what would He do in this situation? I don't know. Well, if you know your Bible, you know exactly what he would do and how how he wants you to behave. Romans 8.29 says, For whom he did God foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed in the image of his Son. Now, those are a lot of big words, but what that means is God knew before we were born, it says elsewhere before the foundation of the world, he planned that we would be walk as Christ walked. We would be Christ-like. We would be in Christ. So that is God's purpose for us. Uh, He has chosen us in Christ before the foundation of the world. 
as I said a moment ago, that's from Ephesians 1, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. So he's chosen us in Christ before the foundation of the world. It wasn't your ultimate choice to be a Christian. You were chosen by God before the world was ever formed. He knew that you would be born the year and day and hour and moment you were born. And he knew who your parents would be and where you would be born and what your name would be and all that before the foundation of the world. But then it goes on, it says, it doesn't stop there, it says in Ephesians 1 4, that we should be holy and without blame before him. That we should be holy. Holy means set apart. We're set apart from the world. We're not like other people in the world that aren't saved. We're set apart. And so we should be holy and without blame before him. We should have nothing in our conscience, conscience rather, that says that makes us embarrassed. You know, if you do you ever think about, say, you're watching a movie or you're reading something or you're looking at something or thinking about something, do you ever think about would would Jesus approve of this? Would Jesus want to? watch this movie or what, if, he, if he were to return right now and, and found me sitting here doing this or thinking this would he be pleased? Is that walking before him without blame? So that's the purpose of election that we should be holy even as Christ is holy. He's given his own son to die for us that we may die to sin. He's given him to live that we may live like him. So you're chosen of God. Turn to 1 Peter. Again, very familiar verse. Great memory verse. 1 Peter chapter 2. Verse 9. But ye are a... Speaking of the people of God, ye are a chosen generation a royal priesthood. See, we're all priests now. In the Old Testament, they had certain people who were priests. And what did a priest do? Well, he came between God and the people and he would make the sacrifices on behalf of the people. Well, now Christ is our priest. We don't have an order of priests anymore, of men. But we are a royal priesthood in the sense that uh, all Christians... uh, are in a relationship to God that the priest was at one time. Uh, We don't have to offer sacrifices. We offer our bodies a living sacrifice. But going on with verse 9, you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Well, peculiar is a different word today. Uh, It doesn't mean... Well, in sort of we are peculiar people in the the definition today, but it means means different. We're different than the world that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light, verse 10, which in time past were not a people. At one point, there, there, we, we were not, we, first of all, we were Gentiles, but it says, for, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against your soul, having your conversation or behavior honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. Walk even as he walked. 
How do we do that? Well, we have the Spirit of God in us. can't do it on your own. We have the Spirit of God in us that is with every child of God. And He dwells with you. And He's in you. Do you know that? The Spirit of God is in you. In you. And the fruit of the Spirit is what brings forth the good works. Everything that's right and good and good thoughts and your generosity toward other people. Uh, if the Spirit of God dwells in you, then you walk even as He walked. You know, we ask the Lord, one of our prayers should be, Lord, make me perfect, sanctify me. Now, we will never be perfect in this life because we have this body of sin that they carry around. But when Jesus, Jesus was asked, he, said, he didn't say, well, do the best you can. He said, be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. That's a goal. Would it be anything less? You expect Jesus to say, well, you know, just try to be as good as you can. <laughs> no, he sets a goal for us. Can we reach that goal? Not in this life. But that is our goal. That's what we should every every year. I look at my life and I say, "How is it different than a year ago?" And I hope it's. I hope I'm living better and better, sinning less and less. Uh, we put ourselves in Christ's hands. So we pray, "Sanctify me, Lord. Use me. Take my body. Take my mind. Take my spirit, and let it all be thine." You know, even our thoughts should be conformed to Christ. We should, we, should, we should bring our thought life into conformity to Christ, not let our thoughts just go wherever they want to go. So ask the Lord to rule over you sovereignly. You know, there's people talk about free will and all this, and the Bible says everyone is a slave. You're either a slave to Satan or you're a slave to Christ. You either do Satan's will or you do Christ's will. Nobody does their own will because their own will is satanic. Our own will is satanic. It's fallen. Our will fell in the Garden of Eden just along with every other one of our faculties. Uh, so if you, if you just operate on your own will, you're operating on corrupt, sinful, uh, satanic ideas. So are you Christ's slave or are you Satan's slave? Well, Scripture says you're not your own. You're bought with a price. What does that mean? It means the price that Christ paid on the cross. He paid the ultimate price. He died. He paid the ultimate price. So you wouldn't have to pay that price. So you, he bought you. We talked about in the in Book of Ruth about redemption, redeeming, buying land, you know, paying off the mortgage. And I made a, just a slight allusion to that with Christ. Christ paid off our mortgage, if you want to put it that way. The mortgage was sin, and sin bound us. We were bound up by sin, just like somebody's bound up by a mortgage. You know, and they got to pay that mortgage a payment every month, and they, it's, a, it's a hardship for them. Uh, well, much worse is sin, but uh, the sin that brings death, Christ paid that off for us. Uh, so we are bought with a price. Um, And we live to Christ's glory, and that means we do things. We, we, you know, you can teach your children at home 
uh, or or in a Sunday school class or in uh, in any you know any kind of educational setting, but if they see your lives to be Christless, to be prayerless, to be godless, they're they're not going to learn from you because they're going to look at what you do, not necessarily what you say. So it's our acts we have to walk as Christ walked. How many times have you read and heard people attacking Christians? Because of, or excuse me, attacking Christianity because of certain things Christians do. You know, well, you know, they'll talk about well, there's been more wars in the name of religion, and Christianity's a big part of that. Um, you know, you're inconsistent with you. The world is watching you constantly for inconsistencies, constantly looking at your life and waiting to pounce on not just you but on Christ. You know, we call ourselves Christians, so what does that mean? We are Christ. We carry the name of Christ. When we call ourselves a Christian, we're taking his name. So the world looks at you and says, oh, you lied there, didn't you? And then they attack Christ. So we have to be very, very careful in how we live our life. I mean, it, it weakens your preaching. Ever think about that? You, you are preaching the gospel when you live. So you preach at home, you preach in the workplace, uh, you preach on the streets, maybe not verbally preaching like I'm doing right now, but it's living Christ, a Christ life and witnessing to people when you have the opportunity that's preaching because it's seen as well as heard. You know, I'm up here talking, but you don't see me behaving. But when you're out in the world, when I'm out in the world, we can do both. We can behave, and we, so we can walk and talk. Not just talk, but we walk the walk and do talk the talk. Uh, preach with your feet, as, as uh, someone once said. It's to walk as Christ walked. Uh, so we have to see our holiness. We have to be right toward God, right toward yourself, your own heart, right toward others. Uh, truth. The, the, I, hopefully you're in a position where people say, yes, I see Christ in that person. I, you perhaps have read or perhaps have had experiences where you've, you've met people and you say, boy, there's something about that person that, that just over, they're overflowing with God's love. I've, I've known a, a couple of people like that in my life. Um, or handsome as one. I, you know, used to see the love of God in a person like that. To see that truth is within him, he speaks truth, righteousness within him, that's living the Christian life. And that's, that's, that should be your goal. Asking the Lord, what, do you, what would you have me do? And of course, there's self denial. Christ offered himself up as a propitiatory sacrifice, and we are to do the same. We are to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow him. Uh, I'm not talking about some of the crazy self denials that, are, that, that, that some people do. You know, they punish themselves. Uh, the Roman faith teaches that you should, you know, you should punish yourself. Uh, and, uh, well, there's, nothing in the, there's no example in the Bible of people doing that. Uh, for salvation purposes, but and the Savior didn't didn't do that needlessly. 
but we are tested when we're put in a position where we might get gain if we do something wrong. You know, whether it's suppose uh, uh, this may sound fantastic to you, but I once had uh, when we were living in Virginia a a clerk in a uh, or cashier in a grocery store. Instead of giving me a $5 bill in change, he gave me a $50 bill. And I have to tell you, I looked at that 50 for a moment, <laughs> you know, and it flashed in my mind. Sure could use that $50 bill. So then what is your, and who knows, you know, who other than the cashier knows that you say, oh, excuse me, it should be a five, you know. Well, you know, and God knows, right? So God is always looking. So the, what, it, what if I had kept that 50? And someone who knew I was a Christian uh, said, whoa, 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 they're behind me. Maybe they go to church with me or something. And they say, or maybe they're, they're a neighbor of mine who I've been talking to about the Lord, and they see me take that 50. Wouldn't that destroy everything I'd ever said to that person about Christianity and about living the Christ life? Right. So... Self-denial, that's a form of self-denial. It's a form, that's a form of a test. Uh, and there's a lot, you know, hundreds of others. But you say, no, I love the Lord. I don't seek my own honor, I seek Christ's honor. And sometimes these self-denials are going to be hard to do. But you have to walk as Jesus walked. You deny yourself things, even some things that may be fine to you. But if you're, you're with someone... Uh, with a weaker Christian, as called, called the weaker brother, as, as Paul calls them, you would deny yourself something that you know is allowable to you because of your love for the weaker brother. So you walk as Christ did, who made, made himself of no reputation, but took upon himself, as Scripture says, the form of a servant. And though he was rich, brought himself down to poverty for our sakes, that we might be rich unto God. Christ was rich, but he brought himself in the most abject poverty. Why? So we might be rich unto God. He was lowly. Christ was meek. Christ was gentle. He was never exerted any pride or, or self-exaltation. He was compassionate and loving to people who the world hated People with diseases, people didn't want to look at these people. They were so disfigured by disease. He touched them. He looked at them. He was kind and compassionate to them. Tender. He was forgiving. What did he say on the cross? Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. People say, well, Christ Christ forgave those people who killed him, who tortured him. He was love. If you want to see what love means, study Christ. If you want to understand what love means, study the life of Christ. He loves little children. He suffers them to come to him. He loves the widow. He's tender to her. Remember when he raised... He he once came to, to a house where people were all crying. They were in the streets and crying. And what had happened... There was a widow. She had already lost her husband to death. And then her son dies. Her young son dies. 
and they were carrying the boy out in a coffin. And Jesus was so moved by that that he raised that little boy to life again. Can you imagine what the joy of the mother said? You know? yeah. So he loves us even though we are sinners. And if you don't love others, if you live within yourself, if your whole world is wrapped up in yourself, you're not living the Christian life. And I fear for you. Well, there's a lot more that we could say about this verse. We could talk about contentment. As, as Paul said, in whatsoever state, I've learned in whatsoever state I am, I am content. Just as Christ was always content with what he had. He said, The foxes have holes, the birds of the air have nests, I have nowhere to lay my head. But he never complained about it. He found rest. He didn't have ambition. He had perfect contentment. To conclude, to conclude our verse in, in John 2, He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk even as he walked. Christ lived for God. He lived for God alone. Let us live after he lived, the way he lived. Christ persevered in living that way. He never turned aside from it. As he lived, he died still serving God, obedient to his Father's will, even unto death, the death of a cross. So that should be your life. Perfect obedience until death. And then you'll be welcomed into heaven as a good and faithful servant, welcomed into heaven to the joy of your Lord. Let's go to him in prayer. Indeed, Father, we ask for these things, Lord, that we may walk even as Christ walked. That our by walk, our meaning our whole life, Father, as our as we walk through this life, through our thought lives, everything we think and do and say, whether we eat or drink or whatever we do, we should do it all to the glory of God. That's what Scripture tells us to do. Now, Father, let us not take this lightly or just some pious sayings, but we are to study the life of Christ, to live as He lived. He's our example. Father, we ask for thy grace and strength to do that. We can't do that on our own. But Father, we know that thou, if we ask for it, Scripture says, uh, thou wilt give it to us, Father. We have not because we ask not. So may it be a part of our prayers from now on, Father, that we walk even as Christ walked. Father, we pray for the Smith family. We uh, ask, Lord, that uh, this glorious death and uh, how the Lord rejoices at the death of his saints, the Lord precious in the Lord's sight is the death of his saints. So, Father, we, uh, we thank thee for uh, such a glorious witness uh, that uh, Mrs. Smith uh, exhibited on her deathbed, Father. And, Lord, uh, use that to bring many 
to thee, Father, and to strengthen the faith of many around her, Father. Give them comfort. Let them know that this life is a mist. Uh, It is uh, one day as the grass of the field is, and tomorrow is cast into the fire. And uh, So as the uh, grass grass withers and the flower flower fades, Father, uh, so is this life. Uh, So give them that perspective, Father, that they uh, give them faith that they will soon uh, join their beloved mother and, and, and sister. And uh, Lord, we thank thee for that. We uh, pray for the Evans family. There's sickness running through it, Father, and we ask that uh, that would heal them as well. Uh, and Father, of course, we continue to pray for rain. We are still a parched land, Father, and uh, we ask for uh, uh, a good amount of springtime rains, Father, that uh, would replenish the earth. And now, Father, as we... Uh, as we have some time of fellowship and go home to our uh, to our families, Father, we ask that uh, we would, uh, Lord, just protect us in our travels, uh, keep us uh, keep us holy, Father, and let this sermon, Lord, and uh, most of all the uh, scripture that was read today uh, ring in our hearts, Father, uh, that uh, we might think of this constantly, that we should walk with Christ, even as He walked. For it is in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that we pray.